Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. And we are back. And so what have you been up to? It's been a little bit. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. Oh, I've seen all of my grandkids since I last saw you. It was amazing. That's so precious. I love being a grandparent so much. It's just. Am I allowed to be just a little jealous? Because I am still a ways away from that. Oh, true. Well, I think so. I mean, like, (laughs) I'm hopefully a ways away from that, actually. But uh, tell me, what is it that most blesses you about being a grandmother? Perspective. Just Mm -hmm. perspective, like um, having lived through raising my own children and see them now as parents and kind of knowing what's important, what's not, what to let go, Mm -hmm. what not. And um, the brevity of their childhood is very poignant to me. So mm-hmm. it just it just makes me like a little kid. I just love getting in there and playing with them and and doing things. And with when Rosie was here, we took her to an indoor playground, mm-hmm. and they had this really cool, new and improved from when I was raising kids, <laughs> uh, kinetic sand. And oh, I had a ball. <laughs> kinetic <laughs> sand. sand. Yeah, I'm not even sure what it's, that is. Yeah, well, it is. Sand that moves is what it sounds like. Well, but. it sticks together almost like Play-Doh. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I remember I that think stuff. That's what it's called. They yeah. called it like moon sand when I when right. my kids were Right, well, little. it's really yeah. much more improved. It really clumps better and it uh-huh. just molds better. And I had Neat. such a ball with her just playing there and, yeah. and watching her with a little stroller and the baby doll in the stroller. She thought that was just the best. So one of the things I've wondered as it relates to being a grandparent is how does your love for the grandchild feel different than your love for your children? Because I find that even though my children are a little older now, they're no longer little ones. I mean, Mm -hmm. my son is a junior in high school. My daughter is a sophomore in college. Sometimes I still look at them. I was just like, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're so dear to me, but I can imagine there's like kind of this extra element with, with a grandchild. Yeah. I think what it is, is um, as a parent, you have a, a beautiful investment mm-hmm. in their right. souls sure. and the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the suffering that all goes with uh, parenting, the sacrifice, you know, lots mm-hmm. and lots of sacrifice. I don't feel like there's much sacrifice when it comes to a grandkid. <laughs> it's just, I mean, literally, it's just all fun. Right. It's just all the good. Yeah, that's cool. It is really good. You know, because if there's behavior problems, usually you're like. Pass it off. Yeah. Well, you yeah. have to because yeah. it's not really your place. And in a way, it makes me feel for those grandparents who maybe have to step into a more parental role, mm-hmm. but that maybe they kind of miss out a little bit on that sort of freedom to be just the lover and not the discipliner, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for sure. So, well, I'm just so happy for you that oh, you got to experience okay. that. And uh, yeah, not That's too great. much new with me. I'm just kind of uh, been, you know, going to the trace on the weekends. And, you know, I think we were talking before the show about how I'm just constantly amazed by the Lord at that place in particular where the way he seems to show up um, for me spiritually. And it's, it's such a blessing. And, you know, we were talking about how sometimes in the day-to-day life, it can be, you know, difficult to really find yourself settling into a place of prayer. It's like, we want to pray, 
we want to be make ourselves present to the Lord, but there's so many distractions around us and so many things that are vying for our time and our energy and our attention that it can be very difficult to just really settle in and, and just delight in being in the presence of the Lord. And that's the thing that I really get to experience there, particularly when I'm at the chapel and I just like want to remain mm-hmm. and, you know, it feels good to have to rip myself away from the Lord. You know, that sounds sort of weird, right? But what I'm saying when I say that is to be in a place where I'm so happy to just simply be with him. And I don't want or need anything more in that moment than just to be present to him and allow him to be present to me. And that I have to force myself to move on. That blesses me. And it reminds me of how, when I come back to the, quote unquote, real world, I should, you know, try to seek those moments even in, in the business and in the distraction because they would just bless me so much. So that's kind of where I'm at. Having visited there, the one thing that I see that is very different from being in the real world is um, the sheer beauty of that place. I mean, it is very natural, wild, untouched Mm. and there's something about that pristineness that God seems to just dwell there in spades. Right. So just simply walking outside your door makes you feel loved by God. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There. Absolutely. You really do. And mm. I think it's actually a good segue to our topic today because it brings to bear the reality that things that are physical matter and do bring us closer to the Lord. And so today's topic is actually um, a topic that was requested um, by one of my directees uh, who also listens to the podcast. So shout out to her. She knows who she is. And uh, she asked if I would um, propose talking to you, Pam, about how we can live in our bodies in a healthy, holy way as it relates to eating and exercise. Um, So you know, that's something that I think we we both yes. have thought a fair bit about in our lives. Yes. And I, I think we actually approach things in a, a bit of a different we kind do. of way. We so do, we can talk yeah. about how we mm-hmm. sort of approach things differently. But um, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast that not only um, was I trained as a physician, but I also spent a period of time as a personal trainer. And so those two things of having learned how the body works from a, you know, sort of a biological standpoint, and then to have been trained in how to exercise and and sort of nutrition things that can impact, uh, you know, your physical performance and, and all that have informed me to a degree about this topic. Um, but it can be fraught, I find, with tendencies to maybe go a little too far with this, like, because it can almost be a religion unto itself, you know, fitness and nutrition. Oh, sure. And I think a God of its own. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's actually a a trend in certain circles in, in this day and age where people become so obsessed with, you know, am I eating clean? Am I, you know, am I exercising in the right way? Am I, is my diet like maximized for this, that, or the other? So I think as we discuss it, um, let's try to keep it grounded in that, that middle way, you know, um, where yes, it's important to attend to our physical health and there are really good spiritual reasons to do that. In addition to just, you know, wanting to be good stewards of our bodies, 
but that we aren't meant to, to make it a, a little God in our lives. Uh, and I also think maybe we can get into a little bit this idea of like, okay, a lot of times people are moving towards this uh, fitness and nutrition because they want to lengthen their lives. And that's a topic I'd like to talk to you about sure. during this as well. So this right. idea of like, what's the goal yeah. really yeah. in life? Is it to live the longest life possible? Yeah, You know, and well, it'd be interesting to talk to see me like from your perspective. I mean, I kind of know why I began like in my early years I, it was all about vanity. <laughs> it's all about vanity. <laughs> well, I saw a fair bit of that when I was doing the the personal training. Absolutely, it's all about vanity. Sure. Yeah. Okay, well, but wait, then, wait before we before okay. we really get into it, I did really want to bring that that Bible verse in. Um, Go for it. So I'll bring it up because I, I think it it really does ground it in this conversation with a proper perspective. So this is from First Corinthians, chapter six, verses nineteen through twenty. And it is, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Wow. I need that one like on my bathroom mirror. Yeah, I really do. Because when, when I say it grounds it in this really proper perspective, I think so often we focus on our physical health for often very self-focused reasons. Like you said, you, you're just saying, as with you, it started very much with vanity. So maybe it's vanity of like, oh, I want to look good. I want to look hot. I want to, you know, whatever. you. Or sometimes it's also a really strong focus. I want to feel good. So, yeah. which is good to want to feel good in your body, but not if it goes to the point where it's a sensual thing mm -hmm. as a sense of like any discomfort, any whatever, I'm just going to, you know, be all stressed out and freaking out about. Right. And so this idea that our bodies aren't our own because they've been bought for a price and the price was Christ's body abused and broken and suffering on the cross. That was the price that he paid with his body for our bodies. That's right. And for us to really think about that, not only does he give us the possibility of the bodily resurrection at the end of time, and therefore our bodies, which were mortal in sin, because the wages of sin are death, mm -hmm. he purchased our lives for us, our physical bodies, that they can now live in eternity. But, he also made it possible for us to be temples of the Holy Spirit because it is through his sacrifice and his ascension into heaven that then the father and the son sent forth the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that reality that we are only a temple of the Holy Spirit and potentially bodies that can live forever through the cross and passion of Jesus Christ is something we always need to keep in our minds. So why are we doing what we're doing? Is it for ourselves? Interesting. And there's a couple of different things that are kind of going through my mind right now. Of course, there's the vanity aspect of it. And, mm -hmm. But I think as, um, as I started to grow in my faith so much more, it was, I started to want to take the temple of the Holy Spirit a lot more seriously. And that, that had to, to do a lot about 
um, temperance too. Like mm-hmm. temperance really came in there about how am I treating myself? Am I getting enough rest? Am I am I indulging in some type of gluttony, whether alcohol or food? Mm-hmm. Those kind of things started to come really to the, food, the front of my mind and wanting to be more temperate. Learning things like, you know, we just, it's intended for fuel, most of all, the food mm-hmm. part of it. And to try and have it in a healthy perspective, um, which I don't know that I have a healthy perspective <laughs> on it. Still to this day, I'm not really sure uh-huh. that I do or not. Yeah. Um, the older I get, the more I think, you know, I haven't been a big eater. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that was like, you know, if they had human kibbles to sustain us, I'd been fine. <laughs> okay. And this is one of the plays that she and I really, really are different. different because, yeah. you know, food for me is not, it's not just fuel. It is also an expression of the goodness of God in a way like that, that uh, verse from scripture that says, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And this idea that, that what we eat, it can very much, you know, inform us of God's love for us in a way, the, the joy and the pleasure of good food. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a way, I think, you know, in my upbringing um, where food was a very big part of how my mom loved mm-hmm. it, you know, I do recognize it as can be seen as an expression of love. And this can be a dangerous place for some people because, you know, praise be to God. I didn't struggle with um, taking to heart so much food is love that I became, um, you know, someone who found it difficult to not eat because I was trying to feel loved by food. And I know that can be an issue for some people, for sure, where it's It's like comfort. Yeah, it can be a real comfort thing. Mm -hmm. It can be where people often go when they're suffering, when they're feeling, you know, pain or unlovable or whatever. And then they find that the food, you know, kind of is filling mm-hmm. a hole that's really not a hole that's hunger of for food. It's hunger for other things and really ultimately hunger for God. Right. Which I'm going to add something else to the same thing. Mm-hmm. For me, having a tendency to be gluttonous, mm-hmm. to like it too much, that's another reason why I don't have a great relationship with food right. because it is a challenge for me to to back off. Like I have a tendency to overeat if it's really good. So right. I'd rather just not eat at all. Yeah. And I think the way that impacts um, us is that I find that I am much more free form in the way that I approach eating and you're more regimented. Mm. Would you agree with that? I don't understand what you mean by that. Exactly. Okay. So you are often like, I'm on an eating plan. I'm doing this. I'm not eating these things. I'm only eating these things. You know, I'm focused on, you know, maybe decreasing carbs or decreasing or increasing this or whereas I'm more like moderation in all things, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing's bad, really. It's only a matter of, you know, how much of it you have and how often you have it and, you know, you know, try to cook most of your meals and eat in a way that's not uh, a lot of processed foods. But you know what? And and I was that way for very yeah. many years. It's only been mm-hmm. as I've gotten older and pushing okay. 60 that I've changed. Yeah, I think health that, reasons. I think that since we've known each other has been, it has changed. It has been more Shifted. part of your life, mm-hmm. you know? So I think as I know you, that's more a part of how you function. But what it is important to, I think, point out is what works for you doesn't necessarily work for me. And that's going to be the case for other people. Absolutely. Like, so I, I think it's really important to keep in mind that what it is to eat healthy, 
if we're focusing on eating right now, we can move to exercise in a little bit, but if it, what it means to eat healthy doesn't mean the same thing for every person. No, not at all. And so the, to keep that sort of flexibility of like, you have to find the path for you. It's not like spirituality in a way. I mean, you know, somebody might be a Franciscan in eating and some people might be an Augustinian yeah, yeah. in eating, like right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Good. And so, that's good. Uh, so it's important to bring the Lord and discernment into every aspect of our lives. And that includes the way we function within our bodies and what we feed our body and what we do with our body. And so I think often we kind of totally secularize uh, our things related to health, you know, our physical well-being. when we really ought to bring the Lord into those thought processes as well. You know, it's like, okay, so say you notice maybe that you're struggling uh, with lack of self-control. Well, as it relates to eating, you tend to fall into gluttony. And I will say this, um, gluttony is a sin and you ought to confess it. And I think this is something that people don't often do. Like, you know, say you go out, um, I would say one of my uh, danger zones as it relates to food is uh, Mexican restaurants. Like, when and I actually just went to one last night. Oh, okay. And it's my fave, my favorite one around where I live. And so they really hit it, hit the mark with the chips and salsa. <laughs> so you've got the chips that are nice and thin and freshly fried, hot, salty, and then you've got the two dips, the two salsas. Yes. You've got the red salsa, which is roasted and warm, and the green salsa, which is cool and yummy. And so it's like Oh my goodness. You know, you can just hit those chips so hard. And then the meal comes and you're like, okay, honestly, I'm full from the chips, but I'm eating this meal. Right. right. And so then afterwards you're like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I get into those places where I know that I have really overindulged intentionally heard my body say you're full and then keep, keep eating. I will bring it to confession. Absolutely. I agree. I've done that as well. Yeah. And so that's a good way to keep accountability. Um, and to understand that, why is it a sin? Why is gluttony a sin? And the reason is, is because you aren't treating your body with a proper respect. You're abusing the gift of your body and you are going deep into a, a sensual pleasure right. in an to an unhealthy degree. Right. And that counteracting virtue would be temperance. Temperance. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I don't eat chips and salsa right now because I, I avoid the near occasion of sin. <laughs> <laughs> I think I managed to avoid sin last night. I'm not feeling convicted in my heart that I no, needed to. But, okay. but I think I tiptoed up to the edge. I'll yeah, be honest okay, with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but so, you know, this would be the advice that I would give on um, eating. Mm-hmm. and trying to be well-ordered in it. First of all, you know, take it to prayer. And if you find that you have a recurring issue with eating, whether it's gluttony or maybe you're more towards the end of like, you get more towards the eating disorder side of things where you're not eating and you're using food as a means of control in your life or things you know, work through that. Like if you have a spiritual director, if you have a counselor, talk about why maybe some unhealthy patterns with food may have developed in your life because you want, you're you not going to really be able to completely address these things unless you acknowledge where you may be struggling. But then once you get to that point where you kind of understand, okay, I have certain 
tendencies, certain pitfalls that I can get into as it relates to food, bring it to the Lord, sincerely desire to be healthy for the Lord, not just for yourself, but so because what healthy eating can do as you feel better, it gives you the energy and the efficacy to go out into the world and be active for the Lord. Right, right. And that's a beautiful motivation to say, you know what? I don't want to just like feel good because I want like feeling good. No, I want to feel good so that I can have opportunities to be out in the world effectively with energy, with, um, you know, uh, sort of ability to keep going, you know, perseverance, um, endurance. I think endurance mm-hmm. is the word the I'm really fight. looking for. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a motivator when you're sitting there and you're, contemplating bad choices is like, okay, is this really going to help me be an effective apostle? Yeah. yeah. And I don't really mean to to switch, to switch the subject, but one of the things I've seen in some of my spiritual directions is people don't get enough rest, the sleep part too. Oh yeah. That's huge yeah, for as sure. well. And that's part of taking care of your body. So maybe, you know, as we switch focus to the exercise part, component of things, I think a lot of people feel daunted by exercise. They don't particularly enjoy it. They don't, they, they are like, I don't even know how to do it. Right. I don't want to hurt myself or whatever. So it's, well, it's easy I to kind of, avoid. a lot of it's the time. Time like, is huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't have time for that. I, yeah. I don't have time for that. And that's why I would say it's, it's hard to work in the time to do it. Honestly, that's why I say multitask the exercise, mm-hmm. because I find that during times of exercise can be great times of prayer. Absolutely. Because if you, instead of looking at it as, uh, I hate exercise, this is just something I have to do to be healthy. Think of it as, this is a mortification of my flesh that I can offer to the Lord Absolutely. in union with his sacrifice on the cross. So mm-hmm. say you're trudging along out there trying to get some steps in or running or lifting weights or whatever, and you can think, how hard must it have been for Christ to put one step in front of the other as he's carrying that heavy burden of the cross? Right, right. As he was depleted from blood loss and abuse, like, can I not then do this for him and unite myself to him? And so what becomes, what started out as this drudgery for the sake of my own, oh, I want to like drop a few pounds or I want to you know, feel a little more energy becomes a place of union with the Lord. And and I think that can be a really big motivator if you become conscientious right. of that. Yeah. And I do do that to, to uh, that. And I usually tie it to a very personal intention. Like oh, interior. that's really good. Yeah. So I, um, I have found that to, well, giving it to the Lord alone is wonderful. He doesn't need my help, right? <laughs> so, but other people do. Um, mm. So I work out with a good friend of mine yeah. and her son is um, in his late 20s and really wish he could find his wife, right? Mm. So I, I oftentimes will offer my little yeah. physical sacrifice for him to find his wife because yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing. All his friends are married now mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing. So, yeah. I'm wondering, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but do you have a, a charism for intercessory prayer? Not really. Okay. Cause it just sounds like something, somebody who had a charism for intercessory well, prayer. Well, I mean, I say that, how do you know if you do, if, if, if prayers are answered, right? Is that how you know you have it? That's one of the ways. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about that at some point. Okay. Talk about charisms and how you discern them. Oh, we but need to. Yeah. Anyway. So as far as, um, 
this topic as far being holy temples and really integrating, you know, we did a whole series on integrating various aspects of ourselves as human beings into uh, together. And this idea of integrating your physical well-being into your spiritual well-being, I think is really important because I think sometimes, and this is a really, I, I would say a lingering flavor of um, sort of the Gnostic kind of way of thinking that there's this huge separation between the, the soul and the body. And it's like soul good, body, whatever. It's either bad or negligible and we don't really have to pay much attention to it. But the reality is, is that as human beings, we're meant to be integrated both spiritually and physically. And it, we can't just ignore our bodies and think that we're going to function on all cylinders spiritually, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay, here's, here's a little moment of, um, conviction for an individual how say you imagine yourself going to adoration you're going to be there for an hour and you are struggling to stay awake <laughs> anybody out there listening maybe have before, experienced right? that right yeah that may be because either you're not eating well or you're not getting exercise and therefore your body is kind of functioning in this like low level of deficiency as it relates to nutrients or, you know, physical exercise. And so is that not affecting your spiritual life? Absolutely. So you could take those sort of moments of convicting moments and say, you know what, maybe there's a better way. Uh, Maybe I should prioritize this in my life and make it an offering, pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. You know, beautiful. Because what the reality is, the Lord gives us his body every time we receive him in, in receive him in the Eucharist. This healthy living in the physical mean, means, you know, through diet and exercise is a way that we can offer back our bodies to him right. for the inestimable gift he gives us in his body. Yes. And, and I want to add to that too, Megan, that one of the things I think is quite beautiful is... You know, we we think about St. Paul saying, I do the things I do not want, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a certain amount of taming the flesh that we need to do. And Absolutely. I do believe that that comes the most effective. I don't know. I could be, that's just my opinion, is through um, that bodily mortification. Excuse me. No. That bodily mortification of exercise mm-hmm. that can be painful and hard and that to push and that endurance. Um I think is one of the, a win-win as a spiritual way of uh, just offering yourself to God and helping your flesh at the same time. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I have to say on the matter. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. We cover all the topics. Rest. Get your sleep, people. Get some rest. Mm -hmm. Sleep hygiene's real. It's one of the best things you can do to, for longevity. Not that's the main goal. Um, but for clarity, for your mm-hmm. brain, um, if you snore, go get a CPAP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do what you can to make sure you're getting rest. Um, our culture has kind of developed this thing where we're too busy to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't have that problem because my sensuality is so great that I'm in bed between nine and ten <laughs> most nights. <laughs> um, but it's really very it's more important than anybody realizes. So put that at the top of your list as well. Yeah. And that's another thing that does vary um, among people about mm-hmm. how much sleep they need. And most people know where their sweet spot is. So uh, what's yours? 
Mine is around seven and a half hours. Mm, okay. Yeah. Once I go over eight hours, then it starts to feel like eh, it's probably a little more than I need. Like I actually, if I get too much sleep, we'll start to feel a little fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. So I can hardly sleep more than eight hours. So I'm about the same, about seven yeah. and a half as well. So, seven, yeah, my husband needs more, it seems like. My husband needs five, six. Oh, wow. Okay. At least I think so. I mean, he keeps telling me that, that he's well rested after that amount of time, but he takes a lot of naps during the day. So I'm wondering about that. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know how some people with eating are like, some people tend to do bigger meals and then, then that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people are grazers. Maybe some people are grazers as it relates to sleep. I don't know. Maybe so. I haven't done the studies on that. But Sounds anyway, good. hopefully this was helpful. Uh, and I would just invite everyone to um, discern. Yes, just take like, really take yeah, a look sure. at what you're up to, why you're up to what you're up to as it relates to diet and exercise. Take it to prayer. Ask the Lord, am I really giving my body over to you in a healthy, holy way? And if not, I need more grace. And ask yourself, is my body a sufficient resting place for my Lord? Amen. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this time. And we hope uh, until next time, you'll remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless. God bless.